1888, a killer began to terrorize the back alleys and dark side roads of Whitechapel, London, leaving mutilated bodies and the mystery of his identity behind with little regard for the chaos that would ensue. What followed was a killing spree that would leave the name Jack the Ripper etched into the minds of the public for over a century. So without further ado, here is our long-awaited episode on Jack the Ripper. I'm Wes. And I'm Jake. Welcome to the Half Talentless Podcast. here yes for it the running joke is over yeah it was kind of becoming a running joke for us i enjoyed the joke it was a pretty funny joke what's what is that are you eating it is is a protein shake it is i'm hungry okay you know what fine by the way we should we should get something out of the way i'm sure sure all the listeners have noticed um something a little different i got a haircut Fucking idiot. <laughs> I got a haircut specifically for that joke. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was missing out on something. I was like, what the fuck? Oh that, that's God. great. That <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, so before we get into the, the gory, awful details of it, a serial killer... We won't killer. get into the gory, awful details. We'll get into some awful <clears throat> details, but I'll try to keep any gory yeah. on that Quick disclaimer to you out there. Obviously, we're going to try and keep the gory details out of it. it there's going to be some, some rough stuff, but we're going to try and keep a lot of that out. However, it is a dark case and a disturbing case, so if you're kind of sensitive to that subject matter and you still click the damn episode, here's your warning... You've got, like, maybe five minutes of small talk before we get into it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I gotta say, this is, this is, this is, like, probably the most depressing episode <coughs> we're gonna do. Oh, it's awful. So... We did Ray Rivera, and I still, like, even doing Ray Rivera, I didn't feel, I didn't feel terrible doing it, but it wasn't fun, you know? Yeah. Like, it, it was nice to kind of look at it and try and take our own perspective on it. With this, you know, it's such an old case. So many people have looked at it. It's a little, uh, it's a little much for us. So yeah, this is gonna be a bit of a, a rough episode, but we're gonna try and keep it lighthearted as uh, where, where we can. <clears throat> yeah, and this is probably gonna be the last episode we do on like true crime or anything like that. Um, just yeah. so you guys know, um, this episode has changed our minds a bit on it. So uh, obviously, yeah. we want to hear from you as well, but we might be keeping this to a bit of a minimum. So because it is a fairly depressing episode most likely let's get some of the more fun light-hearted stuff out of the way first so here at the half talentless podcast we've been yeah. thinking about the future because yeah, we're smart bit. like that and something we've thought about is that we want to give you more content yeah we want to we want to <clears throat> we want to do more for you guys for you we, guys. we feel like yeah. we feel like we could be doing a little bit more but not just the podcast, because writing these episodes takes it's a lot of time. It's labor intensive. It's a lot. 
Especially when I write it. Like, when Wes writes it, he just goes on Reddit. Yeah. But when I write it... It's super fucking easy when I write it. Oh, by the way, I went back to the Goatman episode. <clears throat> yeah. In the Goatman episode, you got on my fucking case for going on Reddit. Did I? You did! Okay, no, wait a minute. I probably got on your case for Reddit, period, because Reddit's a cesspool, but I went on the good side of Reddit, the conspiracy theorists. You fucking hypocrite. <laughs> You are the worst. It's, in fairness, yeah, I probably am a hypocrite on that one. I've yeah. called myself a couple times listening back to episodes like, ooh, I should yeah. hope yeah. Jake doesn't see yeah. that one. <laughs> um, you, you yeah. fucking, god damn, the amount of times Wes has gotten on my case about not writing an episode, and he didn't write Jack the Ripper, and he passed the buck on to me, and now I wrote it, and now I'm depressed. Yep, well, uh, that's that's your fault, dude. I don't know what else to tell you. Anyway, sorry. You were saying about us wanting oh, yeah. to provide anyway, more content. So, we're something, trying to think of something low effort we could do. Something we were thinking the other night. We were playing some video games like we do. And we thought, you know, this is pretty entertaining. So it's pretty entertaining. We want to throw out some ideas to you guys and hear some ideas back. Again, I'm going to shamelessly plug our Twitter. Twitter.com backslash half... Capital Talentless. H, Talentless, Capital T. Don't you ever try and do it again. You mess it up every fucking time. <laughs> I listened to, to to Black Eyed Kids, and you did it four times, and you didn't get it right <laughs> once. I made the fucking Twitter is the worst part. Oh, I God. made it. I can't get it right. You, like, you, 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 like, you would say it, and then you'd stop because you didn't know what else w- would happen. And I think you actually got it right the first time, but then kept going back on yourself. Like, you kept doubling down. Um, anyway. Uh, Half, capital H, talentless, capital T. You forgot the twitter.com backslash. Jake. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I want to die. <laughs> so um, we really want to hear from you guys. What's some content you want to hear? We yeah. obviously are going to keep doing the podcast. But the problem is the podcast is about to get really, really difficult for us. As Jake is going back to school yeah. and my hours at work have increased a little bit. So... We're not saying we're giving up or abandoning the podcast no, at all. not at In all. In fact, we love doing this podcast. We're, we're actually trying to get like a few weeks ahead so we can deal with any potential buffers that might come off from school or something. Yeah. Like, and, and That's not foolproof. And yeah. there's always the risk of burnout. Well, the buffers also include we have yet to perfect a method of recording in two different locations. Yeah. So until we can do that, we're a bit worried here. Yeah, just um, a little bit. So... What we wanted to do really badly was give you some content besides the podcast. And we could do, should we not have time to write a full episode? Exactly. So we wanted to pitch the idea in the future of the possible half-talentless gaming channel on YouTube. we do recognize that a lot of you may not be interested in gaming, in which case... Feel free to give us other ideas we could do. Gaming yeah. just felt like something we already do. So or let us change just, your mind. It's super low effort. Less. Less. I'm just saying. Look. Hey, don't knock it till you try it, look, right? Maybe maybe you guys end up wanting, like, like you guys give us, like, a movie we watch. We review it or something. Like, obviously, we could do something other than that. I, that's just the first thing that came to my head. But... We're we're willing to give you guys more more content if if you guys want it. Look, we've we've been throwing ideas back and forth for days now, and we have nothing that we've really felt mm. super great about except for the, except game. the gaming one, just because like we can play like horror games <clears throat> or something, and the the reactions would just be yeah, mwah, well, I mean, chef's kiss. Look, we 
we uh, we grew up on video games. We still play video games religiously, yeah. and we're still fucking awful at video games. Yeah. So it's really it's really funny. Great. It's pretty great. Um, well, you're awful. Okay. All right. Let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Anyway, who carries your ass every time we play? Not you, Buckaroo. I I feel ashamed to have said that. I'm trying not to curse as much, but I feel I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I just. Not you, jackass. There we go. That feels better. That feels better. Why are you trying not to curse as much? I don't know. I I was reading... Ten minutes no. we'll in Jack the River. Good. <laughs> um, look, I was trying to do some of those, like, ways to make your podcasts a little more viewer-friendly. Oh, you didn't look those up, did you? Come yeah, on. well, no. I, I wasn't... I, I was on Reddit, right? And no, uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, look, point look, is... Look, man, I've looked those up, too. Let me tell you something that might change your mind. Huh. I uh, I heard that we have a new fan from someone we work with. Oh. Yeah, it's that person I told you about who followed us on Twitter. Because every time we get followed on Twitter, it is an event. I do notice, and I do appreciate it. I Thank cried a little bit last time. I, yeah, I was so great. happy. Uh, but uh, apparently when this person <clears throat> heard the podcast, mm -hmm. someone they knew was listening to it, and mm -hmm. they were nearby. I, I don't want to give too many details, because obviously That's they good. may not You're be good. comfortable with that. But... They heard us talking like, hey, these guys are funny. And I've also heard some people appreciate that we curse. Some people think it's well, like refreshing. fuck yeah, let's yeah. go. So I, I, and We're not fucking frankly, professional. Wes, let's face it. When you try not to curse, we end up with, screw stop, you, buckaroo. <laughs> I wanted to cut that out, but now God, we can't do it. Fuck. <laughs> All right. Well, that's, that's oh, going to haunt me for the rest of my life. It's hot as shit down here, man. Is it hot down here? Yeah, it's hot down here. It's not usually hot down here. Yeah, but I'm wearing a jacket because I'm, I'm feeling stupid. it. It's hot down here. I'm going to have to change into a shirt in a minute. Um, look, oh, yeah, anyway, what we were talking about, um, we would love to put out some content, but we also don't, we don't want to lose the roots of the Half Talentless podcast. Yeah, we're, we're still going to focus on the podcast. <clears throat> but but we, if, if, you, if there's something additional that you would like to see, please let us know. Look, point is... Twitter.com... No. Backslash half capital H, talentless capital T. Why did... You had it. You stopped. Wes, I second guess myself. I knew it. I'm, like, I'm going to fuck would. it up. You're going to you fuck would. it up. Okay. Anyway. Um, our point God, is... Damn um, it. I'm good for nothing. <laughs> we'll, we, we're uh, going to throw out some of our ideas on Twitter so you can kind of like see what we're talking about. Just off the top of my head, I remember we were talking about the uh, the gaming channel. Yeah. We, we were talking about... And again, we're not married to the idea of a gaming channel. If you guys absolutely hate that idea, let us know. If you love it, also let us know. Again, they're just ideas, Jake. I know. I just, I don't want it to sound like it's something we're trying to make happen. I, I don't want it to sound like we're well, trying too well, hard. Think about I'm it. a little self-conscious. Think about it this way. Think about it this way. Uh, we never asked anybody what they thought about podcasts when we made a podcast. I mean, our podcast is description true. is called We Made Podcast. Like, no. We, it yeah, I like, I like the... I'm gonna I'm gonna reference something that we haven't referenced. Hey, yet. hey, 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 hey. The unnamed other project that had a description, which was Which was two idiots with no chemistry made a podcast. I mean yeah. uh unnamed project. Thank you, Jake. Anyway, um we really would love please to do something. Please don't go back else. and find it. It has aged terribly. Jake, please don't you're encouraging. Um Fuck what was I doing? Yeah, so um the, the gaming 
we we had an idea for something we were nicknaming at the time the half talentless archives that was just our name for if you have anything else like Jake's movie reviews yeah, well, or <laughs> no, yeah. like the, the idea I know of what like, you mean that idea of movie reviews like where we could put out any plethora of stuff that is podcast stuff. related yeah. and it could all be accessed in one place yeah so, so this has been a 12 minute long ramble about how we're looking to do other things as well as the podcast and if you guys have any ideas please let us know twitter.com slash half capital H talentless capital T I'm that was so a high proud. Five. I had to think it. I'd run through it like three times in my head before I said it. You did For some it. reason, I have so much trouble you with did it. it. All right. Um, I'm going to pause this real quick so I can change into an actual shirt and then we'll what? get into. Wait, what? Je- what? We're pausing? Fucking hot, dude. Yeah, we're pausing. Unless you want to entertain them for a minute while I run out all the way upstairs. Unironically, I think that would be way more entertaining. <laughs> okay, here he goes. He's off to the races. He's opened the door. He's left the door open. Oh my God. He's running up his... Did he... Wait, that was like four steps. Did he take all those stairs and... Did he take them two at a time? Oh my God, ladies and gentlemen, this is... This is groundbreaking. Groundbreaking technique. Anyway, um, I'm going to put out a quick disclaimer. Uh, Jack the Ripper operated in a time when the area of Whitechapel was underdeveloped and impoverished, and the people in it were living in abhorrent conditions. It was not uncommon for there to be violent crimes in the area, particularly against women. And in this episode, we will be talking about some truly depressing stuff. And while I do my best to avoid describing the actual mutilation, I will be talking about murders and the aftermath, as well as mentioning the deplorable living conditions of Whitechapel at the time. So if you don't think you can handle that, this is your final warning. And with that, I will begin where most believe the timeline for the killing began, in 1888. That is, I, I will begin when Wes gets back. How long does it take him to change into a shirt? To get stuck? Is stuck in a shirt? We're going to have to cut this. But also, we could not cut this. Hmm. I, like, I know I said we have no chemistry, but unironically, I think my chemistry is actually worse with myself. Man. That sucks. Oh, here he comes. He left his phone down here. Oh, my God. Wait, did you put your hat back on? Yeah. Well, I put the shirt on. And the shirt's on backwards. Yeah. All right. All right. Wes, I, I went over this quick disclaimer. What was the disclaimer? Where's my uh, phone? This, oh, fuck. This disclaimer? Right there. It's upstairs? Uh, no, it's right wait, there. Wait, hold on, hold on. I already okay. read it, so you don't need to read it out loud. But we are ready to wait, start at wait, possible early victims. Where's the disclaimer? Uh, that's the whole disclaimer. <clears throat> the outline? It starts at the outline. It ends at possible early victims. Okay, so... Because I... I, I uh, so, the I thing titled it. outline is the disclaimer. Well, no, the whole the outline encompasses the whole thing. Any, I don't know if you've noticed this with my, with my episodes. Anytime <laughs> af, anything <laughs> after the intro is the outline. But I don't put the outline in bold because... I don't know, it's a format I, thing. Wes, don't ask me to explain myself. Did you write this goddamn episode? No, I'm just, what's the disclaimer? Is there a, a particular sentence or sentences no, that are disclaimed? that whole thing is the disclaimer. So, I, ju- I just asked you, the thing that's titled outline, is that the disclaimer? Wes, everything under the word outline is the outline. So I guess technically it is the thing, God damn it! we're 15 minutes <laughs> in, we haven't gotten into Jack the Ripper. I hate you! <laughs> I'm just asking. God. Yes, from outline to possible early victims was the disclaimer. Disclaimer, which I said several times. Okay. All right. You know what? You know what? Don't fuck with my formatting. I'm not fucking with your formatting. It's just stupid formatting. Get out. 
We're done. No more episode. This is what we're releasing. I'm kidding. Half Talents podcast ends right here. Yep. <clears throat> it's a schism we cannot get back from. All right. So we're at possible right, early we're victims? We're possible early victims. Yeah. Are you reading? Oh, I will read. Yeah. Okay. So the first of the victims mentioned in the police file related to the murders is that of Emma Smith, who was attacked in the early hours of April 3rd, 1888. She was attacked and robbed by a group of two or three men who did horrific things and left her badly injured. She returned to her lodging house with the injuries, and a friend of hers took her to the hospital, where she soon passed away. This attack was terrible, but most scholars believe this attack was not a ripper attack and was instead gang-related. That's kind of all I want to say about this attack. There's nothing else that is pleasant. That I could be honestly have no idea why they would add that. Does, like, even if it's you know, I get I get there's gory details involved, but two or three men that is like, come on, that is such a so stretch. The reason this is added is because the police themselves put this in a file called the Whitechapel murders. I, yeah, I know the which files. is which includes all, all thirteen murders that happened during that. All, time. Yeah, all potential. So by technicality, you cannot we cannot call any of these murders. Jack the Ripper murders, because obviously he wasn't caught, so therefore you can't link any of them directly to him. Yeah, there's there's really only five that people believe were actually him. So yeah, so we're going to talk about five that about just about every person agrees were killed by Jack the Ripper. There is, there is one that we're going to talk about in a second, <clears throat> that the police officers working the case at the time, a lot of them went to their graves thinking this was a sixth... <clears throat> Or in actuality, the first of the victims. Yeah, yeah. So, um, just just so uh, there's no confusion, when speaking, we're gonna have five called the canonical five. Yeah. Those are those are the five that everybody kind of agrees Jack the Ripper was responsible. Uh, responsible. Yeah. But then we're also gonna mention all these others in the Whitechapel murder files. Because they are technically, you know, the police they could maybe be the, the police considered it a possibility. But yeah. as we see with this one, that there's no way that was right. Yeah, like that. Come and on, it's because of this murder that a lot of the pro like preceding murders that the happened afterwards. Ones, yeah. Were, yeah, a lot of them were considered at the time by the police to be gang related, when there was very little evidence for that. But because. This one was because of a gang, and she yeah. before she died, she described that it was a gang. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. Um, they believed that all the other murders, at least for the time they were investigating them, as gang related. Jesus. When in reality, we realized they probably were not. Fucking Peaky Blinders, man. What? What? Bro, <laughs> have you even seen that show? I watched the first episode. It's actually a great, great opening episode. Really? Yeah, I liked it. Not good enough to get you to watch the rest, huh? I uh, I wasn't super into it. I really like Killian Murphy, so I want to get back into it. But then I've got, like, Better Call Saul to watch, so I'll watch a show I actually enjoy more yeah. first. Okay. <clears throat> anyway. Yeah, back to this. <clears throat> the next victim in the file is Martha Tabram, who is also known as Martha Turner to friends. She was a prostitute, and on August 6th, 1888, she met a friend and fellow prostitute, Marianne Connolly, known locally as Pearly Paul, at a pub, and they began <clears throat> drinking. Connolly says that she only knew Martha as Emma, and many of Martha's friends say they knew nothing of Connolly. Uh, we will find out later this is probably because none of this is true. Um, Connolly also gives several different accounts of the night throughout the investigation. First, she says to the police that they met at a pub at 11 p.m., and they drank there until 11.45. Then she tells the inquest into Martha's, Martha's death that they actually went to several pubs that night, and that they started their spree at 10. Either way, Martha's sister-in-law, Ann Morris, later told the inquest that she saw Martha entering the White Swan pub alone at 11 p.m. <clears throat> so apparently, according to Connolly, while drinking at the pub, Martha and Connolly met two soldiers, a corporal and a private. Is it? No, 
Corporal is the right word. Sorry. Yeah, Corporal. I, yeah. Uh, and around midnight, they left the pub with the two of them. The group split into couples, and Connolly and her soldier went one way, while Martha and her soldier went into George's yard. At 1.40 a.m. on the 7th, the preceding morning, mm-hmm. or the following morning, sorry, a couple by the names of Joseph and Elizabeth Mahoney returned home from spending the previous day with friends. Elizabeth left again to go get food for the couple. Returning five minutes later, she passed the spot where Martha's body would be found, but did not see anything. So I, this could be read one of two ways. Either she passed on the way back or she passed it both times. Either way, she says she saw nothing, but she does say it is entirely possible that the body was there and she just didn't see it. No, situal, no situal, situational awareness, damn. Situation, situ, yeah, I'm good. Got it. At around 2 a.m., Police Constable <clears throat> Thomas Barrett was walking along his beat when he passed the entrance to George's yard, where he saw a soldier loitering there. He told the soldier that he should go back to his barracks, because there's like mm-hmm. a curfew for soldiers, but the soldier told him that he was waiting for a fellow soldier who had accompanied a woman to one of the buildings in George's yard. Barrett accepted this and walked on. All right, first question. George's yard, I'm guessing, is an, uh, a particular like stretch of area or something? It's So, it's actually a really bad part of, it was a really bad part of town at the time. Oh, yeah, um, but it, it's like a, a, an actual, like a section of town that people would know by name, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think it's so. What I think it is is, um, it's like a stretch of apartments, is what I think. Yeah. Um, okay. And so the way I read this, just real quick, with this loitering soldier, was he says he's waiting for a fellow soldier who had accompanied a woman to. So this is either the soldier who went with Conley this, or. I. So I think this is the one who went with Conley. That's what I would think. Right. That's that's how I read this. I mean, if Conley's telling the truth. Okay. All right. Maybe Connolly isn't going there. Let's, uh, let's see. So at around 3.30 a.m., Alfred's George Crow, a cab driver, returned to his home in the George Yard buildings. He reported later that he saw a prone figure lying on the first floor landing, but he said it wasn't an uncommon occurrence for there to be someone sleeping there, mm-hmm. so he ignored it. <clears throat> at around 4.45 a.m., a laborer by the name of John Saunders Reeves walked down from his top floor apartment, but it was lighter out at this point, so he could tell that the figure was a woman lying on her back in a pool of blood. He immediately went to find a police officer and found Barrett nearby walking his beat. Barrett sent Reeves to get a medic by the name of Dr. Timothy Killeen, who quickly determined that she was dead and had been murdered. I mean, it's probably not a hard determination yeah, to make. Yeah, I think that's an easy one, Doc. She had 39 stab wounds in, on her abdomen and neck. He said that most of them had been done with an ordinary pocket knife, while one of them was a deep wound to her breast that he believed was caused by, quote, some long, strong instrument which could have been a sword bayonet or dagger, end quote. Okay. So, oh, sorry, keep going. So this kind of further adds credence <clears throat> to the idea that it might have been a soldier, what with a bayonet thing. Bayonet and pocket knife. Yeah. And also, knowing knowing little about the Ripper that I do, it also sounds a bit like Ripper, the idea of using one instrument to kill and another to mutilate. Yes, and uh, a lot of, <clears throat> a lot of, like... I'll get into this later, but a lot yeah, of like, yeah, the yeah. Ripper, the people who believe this was a Ripper murder point out to the fact that it, like he targeted the abdomen and neck, which was very, very mm. consistent with yeah. the Ripper killings. So we'll, um, we'll see. Uh, keep going. Overall, there, there was no mutilation like the Ripper killings. No, yeah, no, I know. But it just, it sounds it, like if, if you believe it's Ripper, <coughs> then technically this would be his first. I do not believe the first one. So this would be his first, right? Or, or his, this would be his first one. Of the Whitechapel murders. This would be his first. This would be his first that people believe. People so, believe this may have been his first murder. Yeah. I'm going to put the argument out there. It's not his first murder, but definitely his first Whitechapel murder. murder. Look, 
I just personally, let's say this is Ripper. Let's say he is a soldier. Mm-hmm. He goes out with a, a corporal or a private, whichever one he was. He go, I pro- probably private, right? We'll I, we'll I, see. Let's. I mean, this is all assuming that Connolly's again story's correct. Assuming Connolly is telling the truth and the story is one hundred percent accurate, or or just the fact that they went out with soldiers. If, um, what was her name again? I'm sorry. If Turner went out with a soldier, and that soldier, if if somebody stabs her. The, the the bayonet stab that's a that's a that's a kill wound yeah so but I I don't know if it could be determined whether the bayonet stab was like done when she was dead or not I don't yeah, yeah. I don't think it's but said I I just arguably with the way I just read that it doesn't sound like a first to me doesn't not really I just I feel like the idea of going out with some I don't I don't know it seems like on its own it seems sloppy but then again this is eighty eight you know eighteen eighty eight there's a lot of sloppy shit throughout this case. Yeah. But at the same time, just reading that, that does, I don't know. It didn't sound very beginner to me, you know? It's in, it didn't sound too amateur to me. Because... No, it's it sounds pretty... I don't know how it was back then. I'm going to argue it's just how it is today. If you're a soldier, you have the other ones back. If you're a corporal, you don't want this private to get in trouble under your watch. If you're, yeah, a, private, if you're a private, you are you not want... ratting out your corporal, Agreed. period. Um, just saying. I was just throwing that out there. I got you. Okay, so the police immediately began to attempt to identify the woman as well as the soldier that Officer Barrett saw. They quickly determined that the woman was Martha Turner, while Barrett was taken to the Tower of London, where he met several soldiers and attempted to identify the one he had seen. He was unsuccessful. The next day, he was brought before the men who had been on leave at the time of the incident, and this time he singled out two men one of which he realized he was mistaken about, and the other, John Leary, gave a detailed description of his whereabouts backed up by another soldier by the name of John Law. Later, Connolly would tell the inquest her story, at which point she would be taken to the tower to see if she could identify anyone. She was also unsuccessful. She then realized that it may be a member of another group of soldiers, at which point she singled out two different men. Both were cleared of suspicion by records of the night in question. Connolly was then discredited as a witness by the police. So... She singled out two men who, like, like, army records said they were they were not. Yeah, they, could, they couldn't have done it. I, so I I think that kind of discredits her quite a bit as well. I yeah, honestly, I don't believe her too much. Um, there are many. I, re- st- I do still think it was probably a soldier that killed. I com- him. I completely. And I and I think whoever was with him on that night is covering for him. I frankly, I think it's, I think it's this Leary and Law guy. Yeah, John Leary I and John completely Law. agree. So what I believe is that. Um, just from reading this, from the little information we have there, I think uh, John Law was the one who went with Turner. I believe he killed her. Whether yeah. he, And again, like I said, it doesn't matter if he was a corporal or a private, if that were even the correct ranks. Soldiers do not rat on other soldiers. That is the same today as it was then. And yeah. I'm not saying it's a good thing. That's just how it is. So if this, whether this was Ripper or not, I do fully believe that Law was the one to kill her. Yeah. Um, you know, I just, I don't think like if you, if you stab a woman a lot, you're going to be covered in blood. You're not loitering outside. So I think he was probably, um, uh, Leary was waiting probably cause law had to get cleaned up. Yeah. And <clears throat> I mean, frankly, it's, it's, I mean, we'll get into it. But yeah, like... yeah. But it, it just, from reading that, whether or not it was Ripper, I still fully believe law probably killed her. Um, yeah, but so that, I, I guess 
to throw that out there, first potential suspect? Potential suspect, yeah. John Law. So many people, including quite a few of the investigating officers, believe she was the first of Jack the Ripper's victims and point to the fact that her neck and abdomen were targeted as proof. While those who argue that she was not a Ripper victim often say that she was not mutilated like the other victims. Okay, so I... We don't have anything on hand. Do you have a pencil on hand by chance or There's a pen? Oh, cool. I actually I want to try and uh, keep track here of our suspects and the okay. Uh, yeah, so the, the people we believe committed each murder and the potential likelihood of who did it. Yeah. Um, I I think for this one I I'm comfortable saying John Law probably did it. Oh, I'm one hundred percent. Because a positive identification on Leary followed up by, like, I, frankly, I don't think. I think back then, like, if two people cover for each other, like, you probably were just like, all right, they're soldiers, I believe them. Well, but also, nowadays, that shit happens, and someone covers up for them, you're like, okay, so it, can anyone else attest? Evidence by... is also really, was a lot harder to come by back then yeah. compared to today, so a lot of it was witness statements and shit, so if this woman is already discredited, and you have two soldiers who are... Well, it wasn't Connolly who identified Leary. In no, no, but if it, Connolly's story was she was with two soldiers. With, yeah. With, so if you can already... If she's already discredited, and all you have is this officer saying, yeah, I definitely saw Leary, and Leary was with you Law... Gotta, I think you got to go after Leary and Law. I No, I, I, I... Again, I stand by the fact that I think Law did it. I'm just saying the evidence is really hard there. It'd be really easy for Law and Leary to be like, no, we were in this place. Yeah, so he said, she yeah. said, really. It, which makes it rough. Well, he but, said, he said. Yeah. But I think uh, possible sucks, suspects, John Law, John Law. Yeah. is number one. And uh, I think likelihood, scale of one to ten, Jake, what are we saying? I'm saying it's a seven. I'm, I'm giving it a seven. I'm getting... Why else would he cover for Leary? Uh, unless, of course, I mean, you know, eyewitness testimonies. What do you mean natural. cover for Leary? You mean Leary cover for him? I, no, no, Law covered for Leary. Leary was the one who was identified by Barrett as the one he saw waiting for the other man. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Barrett possibly identified Leary. Yeah. Law covered for him. The only thing we have on Law is that he covered for Leary. And we don't even know if, if the identification by Barrett was correct. Well, so uh, yeah, but it, I, Law was with Leary. We know that much. Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Because yeah. they're both like, yeah, yeah, we're with him. So again, like we're saying, the John only Law... reason you would have for covering for him is if Leary's actually innocent or Law did it. So I'll give it a seven because I think I think I mean they lined up fucking um, Barrett in front of a yeah. bunch of soldiers and he was the only like he identified two people and was like, no, it wasn't that guy. It was that guy. So I, I no agreed. I again one hundred percent was implicated in some way. He's I do think that Leary was positively identified. I think that's true. And I think that uh, he and Law were with those women. And I do think Law killed that woman. I don't know, I don't know if Connolly was there. I don't, I don't know if I believe Connolly was I don't there. know about that either. But if... I'm just saying, like, the way... It, it's, it's... I think it's harder to make the argument that it's a coincidence than that Law killed her. Yeah, I agree. So, um, I think a seven's a, a, a proper... Right. Um, a proper rating. So, I'm so shall we? Shall we move on to the next the next murder? Uh, yep. Okay. So Marianne Nichols, the first of the canonical five, is Marianne Nichols, known to friends and opponent and acquaintances. Sorry, not opponents. This isn't the Hunger Games. 
Um, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> May the odds be ever in your favor. Jesus <laughs> Christ. And here I am thinking we're not getting any jokes in this episode. Uh, it's just because I missed opponents. <laughs> and then I was like, well, now it sounds like she's a character in The Hunger Games. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, sorry. Known to friends and acquaintances as Polly Nichols. Mary was born Marianne Walker on August 26th, 1845, the second of three children to Edward and Carolyn Walker. Mary met and married William Nichols in 1864. Mary separated from her husband and five children at some point in 1880, and the two of them gave different reasons for the separation. Mary's father said it was because William left Mary for another woman he had had an affair with, while William said it was because Mary had developed a drinking problem and that she left him. Um, that drinking problem, that is a real thing that will definitely come back up. Mary was a heavy drinker. Yeah. Uh, you, you'll find that a lot of the victims were heavy drinkers, which kind of, forgive me for this, it kind of makes sense when, you, when you're living in poverty in a terrible fucking oh, it, time it, like that. Are you not going to drink? Even nowadays. Like, no, even nowadays. I despise it's an actual, alcohol with a passion. It's an actual statistic. No, yeah. it's a real thing. And um, you also have to see it when you look at victims. And this goes, this even goes back. Vulnerable. Yeah, this goes back to Turner. When someone is inebriated in any way, they are far less uh, likely to be able to fight back. They're, you know, it's just, it, it makes them a much bigger target on top of being like a like. Alone at night is one thing. Yeah. But, but alone, alone and, and drunk, drunk? That's a... Yeah. Yeah. So, so we'll get, of this story we'll get back is, to that. Whether you're living in 19th century Whitechapel or not, be careful, especially <clears throat> if you are female ooh, or uh, non-binary. Actually, members of the LGBT community and especially the trans community are very likely to be victims of violent crime. Yeah. Like, much more likely than, than cisgender, especially males, but... it. Let me... I'll put this straight. If you're not a white male, make sure you have some sort of self-defense item on you. I'm not saying you should... Tra or travel with friends. Yeah. Be I'm not, careful. I'm not saying that you should have to have that. It's not fair. It's just a reality. It's not fair at all. Please you be safe. You shouldn't have to do this, but please be as safe as possible. Yeah. All right. Especially if you're drinking. Yes. Um, so either way, they separated, and by 1888, she was living in one of two common lodging, ha lodging houses in Spitalfields at any given time. One was called Wilmot's and was located on at 18 Thrall Street, and the other was called the White House, and this one was located on Flower and Dean Street. Well, hold on. She was staying at the fucking White House? Whoa. Yo, who was president at this point? Yo, Biden? Biden? What were you doing, man? Bro, first presidency? Goddamn, him and his... Fucking black aura, I man. Know. <laughs> you know, He's fucking black-eyed adults. God dude. damn, black-eyed kid adults. What's wrong with them? Jesus, I bet Kamala was there too. Well, I mean, Kamala was running the whole thing. You yeah, know? and you, but Pelosi's the puppet master. But I just Kamala's like to point out, it. I could not put like the 240 <laughs> character limit on Twitter really incriminated me last week when I put out that episode because all I could say is I'd like to point out they have whites in their eyes. That's the least I'd like to say about that picture. Why didn't, it, why didn't you just say, we do not believe anything for, uh, about this picture? Well, that could be construed as we don't believe that they're actual people. Look, I just wanted it, to Jake. make it clear to anyone who saw that tweet and wondered where my stance was on that. It's complete <laughs> bullshit. That guy's a nutcase. There's nothing wrong with that picture. Oh, God. Just relax. Jeez. All right. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so at these lodging houses, the price for a bed was four pence a night. And on the night of August 30th, 1888, Mary Nichols returned to Wilmot's without enough money. 
She'd been at the bar for some of the night where she'd spent most of her money. When she returned to Wilmont's, she was, quote, the worst for drink, but not drunk. And many of the people there noticed she was wearing a bonnet that they had not seen her with before. The deputy keeper of the lodging house told her that without the required four pence, she would not be allowed to stay. She was then escorted off the premises, at which time she was quoted as saying, quote, I'll soon get my DOS money. See what a jolly bonnet I've got now. End quote. If you can't tell what this means, she was probably planning on resorting to prostitution to make the money, and she believed that her bonnet would attract clients. So with that, she headed off into the early morning, promising to soon return. Yeah, I uh, I remember reading about her. She's as far as I've gotten. Um, I do remember reading about it. Um, she was, with the lodging houses, she was in between two of them a lot. She, at some point, was... Um, at the White House, other ones at Wilmot. Well, yeah, and, and throughout the time, like, between there, at one point she was living with an unknown man, but yeah. then they separated. She was living I, with her high school sweetheart for a little time, and then that, like... Went I, back. I thought about including that, but then I was like, it just doesn't seem relevant. It, I don't think it holds any relevance. It's a, I just, it's, yeah. The website included a lot yeah. of that. Like, the website included, like, that she, you know, she resorted to prostitution. And so, like, you know, uh, what's his name? Her, her ex-husband, William, stopped yeah. sending her money, which he was a dick for doing that. Oh, he's like, a piece of shit. Well, she even took him to court and was yeah. like, this guy stopped paying with and me. Then, and, and then he, he told like, the court, he's well, like, well, she's a prostitute. Well, and the court agreed with him. Well, he said, uh, well, no, he said, she's living with an unmarried man. They're like, you fucking whore. And they, yeah. they stopped. Fucking so, terrible people. Yeah, it was awful. Fuck them. But um, something I've read about, the reason I bring up these two men is because um, it is pretty much, it, it's uh, pretty agreed upon that she left both of them and stole from them to yeah. get drinking money when she did she it. Also, she also stole from a former employer, yeah. which I, I didn't want to include. It, it, well, it's just something because It's something to mention. It is a common occurrence. Like, her drinking problem was a big... Like, it was a serious... It was she a would serious, spend her it, money It was a big detriment on, on her life. Yeah. And you, you'll see that with a lot of victims. So, um... <clears throat> At this point in the story, we need to briefly change perspectives to that of one of Mary's friends, one Emily Holland. Emily was an elderly woman who shared a room with Mary at Wilmot's. Emily had been down at the docks watching firefighters fight a fire. I know that sounds weird, but it was pretty common back then. Yeah, it sure was a spectacle. It, well, yeah. <clears throat> By 2 a.m., the fire was out, and Emily began the journey back to Wilmot's. Emily was walking past St. Mary's Church on Whitechapel Road as the clock struck 2.30 a.m. She crossed onto Osborne Street when she noticed Mary, who was very drunk and walking from the direction of a pub. Mary told Emily that she had made enough to pay for lodging three times over, but that she had spent all of it. Emily was very concerned and tried to convince Mary to come back to Wilmot's with her, even offering to pay the price of lodging for her. Mary refused and complained about how she had no money before saying that she would just make the money before heading back. She then told Emily, quote, it won't be long before I'll be back, end quote. Before she walked away down Whitechapel, and Elizabeth continued along Osborne Street to go back to Wilmot's. This was the last time Mary was seen alive by anyone other than her killer. Yeah, so I, I, it's just the only reason I mentioned all the stuff about her finances being put to drinking money is this moment right here. Yeah, this is it's a it's a critical moment in her story in which she would have already been back there. But because of her serious drinking problem, she had gotten yeah. really, really drunk. And um, to the point where even, you know, when her friend says, I'm worried for you, you need to come back with me. Yeah. She had kind of passed the point where she was like, no, nope, I'm, I'm on my own. So that's the only reason I mentioned it, because yeah. that moment right there. 
It was 3.30 a.m. on August 31st, 1888, when Charles Cross left his home to make his way to work. He was passing along the right side of Buck Street, about a 10-minute walk from where Emily, Emily Holland had last seen Mary, when he noticed a dark shape on the ground in the gateway on the opposite side of the street. He was a delivery driver by trade, and thought that whatever it was might prove useful to his work, so he approached it. As he got closer, he realized it was a woman, lying either drunk or dead. He stayed where he was, not getting any closer until he heard footsteps behind him, coming from the same direction he was. He turned and saw a fellow driver by the name of Robert Paul approaching. He called out to him, Come and look over here. There's a woman lying on the pavement. And with that, the two men crouched down for a closer look. They noticed a few things. First and foremost, she was lying on her back and her legs with her legs straight out, and her skirts were raised almost above her waist. They felt her face, and it felt warm, but her hands felt cold and limp. Cross said, I believe she's dead. So Paul placed his hand on her chest, and he believed he felt movement. So he said, I think she's breathing, but very little if she is. Paul then suggested that they sit her up, but Cross adamantly refused to touch her again. It is this point, it is at this point, sorry, that these two cowards make a truly despicable choice. They decide that they don't want to be any later to work than they have to be, and so they pulled her skirts back down to her knees to cover her decency and walked away to their respective places of employment, promising to alert the first policeman they see. Uh, we're not, we are not going to sit and discuss that. Nope. Period. Fuck those two. That's all I have to say. So the body lay there as they left it until the first police officer on the scene arrived, not too long after Cross and Paul left. Police Constable John Neal was on his way down Buck's Row, patrolling his beat, when he was walking past the board school. In his words, quote, There was not a soul about. I had been round there half an hour previously and saw no one then. I was on the right side when I noticed a figure lying on the street. It was dark at the time. I examined the body by the aid of my lamp and noticed blood oozing from a wound in her throat. She was lying on her back with her clothes disarranged. I felt her arm, which was quite warm from the joints, upward, joints upwards. Her eyes were wide open. Her bonnet was off and lying at her side. As he was leaning over the body, he noticed police constable, a, another police constable by the name of John Thane passing the end of the street. So he flashed his lantern at him to get his attention. He called to him. Here's a woman with her throat cut. Run at once for Dr. Llewellyn. It could be Llewellyn, but I'm going to call it Llewellyn. Thane did so, and while he was gone, Police Constable Misen arrived on the scene, having been alerted by Cross and Paul. Neil told him to go and get reinforcements and bring the police ambulance. Dr. Lewin arrived around 4 a.m., and after a brief inspection of the body, he announced her dead. When he more thoroughly examined the body, he found that while her wrists and hands were quite cold, the body and legs were warm, leading him to the, con the conclusion that she had been dead no more than half an hour. With that in mind, there is a very real possibility that the killer was still in the immediate area when Cross arrived. Yes, yeah, so reading about this on multiple different sources, when those two drivers come across her, it's, pr it's believed that Ripper wasn't just nearby. They think he was in the fucking alley. So, again, I don't want to get into the, those two because of the very real possibility that well, she was alive. When they were there, she was alive, and they could have saved her or tried. Now, whether uh, now now look whether or not she would have lived, it, it she wouldn't have lived. She but yeah, but they but, might have they might have helped catch the killer. If if all I'm saying is, if they had alerted the policeman, and as many believe, Ripper was like right next to them, motherfucker would have been caught. So that's all I'm saying. We'll move forward with that. 
The night of the murder, three horse slaughterers by the name of Harry Tompkins, James Mumford, and Charles Britton had been working all night about a street over from where the murder happened. When they were told by Thane, who was on his way to get Llewellyn, that a woman had been murdered nearby, they all went to the site of the murder. They were all later questioned by the police and interrogated separately until they were eventually cleared of all suspicion. Is that only mentioned because they're horse slaughterers who had happened to be in the area? Pretty much, yeah. Okay. That's the that's the only reason, because they had been in the area the whole night and they claimed they heard nothing and saw nothing. Yeah, so fair enough. They, they were interrogated, but I don't consider them major suspects. Yeah, I feel like they were just guys doing their job nearby. Yeah. <clears throat> Another person who went to the murder site was the night watchman at the nearby sewer works named Patrick Mulshaw. Mulshaw confessed at one point that he sometimes dozed off on the job, but was adamant that he was awake from 3 to 4 a.m. on the night in question, and that he had not seen or heard anything suspicious. He did say something that I found interesting. He said that around 4.40 a.m., a stranger passed him and said the following, Watchman, old man, I believe somebody is murdered down the street. The policemen have had no luck identifying this man. I fully believe this man is Jack the Ripper. <clears throat> I 100% believe this watchman, Patrick Mulshaw, met Jack the Ripper. I think that's a really, uh, really solid claim. I, I just, I, God, motherfucking damn it. Choose your spot? No, well, yeah, because Google Docs is a fucking piece of shit. And every time Whoa. I try and scroll, Whoa. it takes me to the bottom of the, No. Whoa. Whoa. Google Docs. Whoa. No. Oh. No. Oh. Hey. Hey. Like, oh. Whoa. Google. Whoa. Like, yo. Yo. I swear to God, that's how I feel. Every time I go scroll down, I'm like an old fucking man. Every time I Does go scroll down. Does it accidentally... Are you yeah, actually pressing the right side? Yeah, because oh, I'm holding it one-handed. So it goes all the way... Because I'm right-handed. Yeah. It goes all the way down. I'm like, yo. Oh. God, where are we at yeah. now? Fuck. All right. So... Uh, uh, oh my god, hold on, I got it, I got it. Mary's body. Yeah, hold on, hold on, I got it. There's, you, you just fucking wait a minute. I'm way too far. Bruh. Bruh. Um, yeah, no, I completely agree with you, though, because I just... I fully believe this was Jack the Ripper. Yeah, I, I... When I first read that, the first thing that came to mind is one of those two drivers, but then in my head, I'm like, no, No, because is... they already alerted another guy. And I... Yeah, but I, I think when, when I read that, it just, that sounds cocky. That doesn't sound like, oh, hey, by the way, someone's fucking dead down. That sounds like, hey, I think someone died down there. I, that's how I yeah, like, it hear it in like my head. Yeah, it sounds like fucking asshole. So, um, yeah, I I agree with you on that one. I do actually think that that right there was the Ripper. I'm back in place. So, I'd, I'd like to point out, I'm about to read a paragraph that I had to greatly condense. This was about three paragraphs on the website, and I'm genuinely a little upset with how these paragraphs were handled. Okay. Wes will now be reading the quotes from now on. Sorry, I know that's a little disorienting. Did, did you just... <laughs> I, I paused to be like, hey, by the way, let, how about I read the quotes? Because I think it'd be a nice idea to have like an actual changed voice. I, I forgot where I was. I unpaused, and Jake immediately is like, so Wes is reading the quotes from now <laughs> We Okay, we could have just saved so much time. Anyway, Mary's body was taken to the mortuary by police ambulance, which was re really more of a handcart. So, the article here likes to point out that when he lifted her onto the handcart, Thane's hands were covered in her blood. I don't see a need for that. In fact, I find it just a little bit... Not craven, but it's a little fucked up, if you ask me. Um, this this website, look, it's a great source of information, but I think it really makes a meal out of this fucking... Out of this case, and I, I don't approve agreed. of it. So, one of the reasons we have a serious issue with true crime, and I have a real issue with serial killers... Is there is a heavy glorification. Yeah. Let me speak for the entire crew here. The two-people crew. Yes. Two-person crew. We are 
adamantly against this. Serial killers are not smart. They're not clever. No. They're lucky white guys that don't get questioned by police. It is as simple as that. There's very rare that. exceptions to the white guy part, but very rare. Yeah, and usually the rarities, you don't talk about them. No. Because they don't have as many victims. Yeah. Because police already go for them. Yeah. So, just just to get out now, I had a serious issue with the website because it it ha- it has that feel to and it where it's like oh uh, Jack the R- we don't give while a shit we're talking about this, about this the website I almost cried like an hour ago when I was writing this episode because the website showed me a picture from the mortuary of one of the victims' faces yeah it's fucked up that like, it's not like a mutilated face it's just a <clears throat> the face of someone I know is dead and it took me I, I was staggered by this it took me a while to recover. It's an awful I, thing. Like, and, and that is, again, that website. It literally made me reconsider the entire episode. Because up until then, I'd been writing, like, I need to include as much information as possible. We need to focus on the mystery aspect. No, these were fucking people. Yeah, no, it, it's, again, we said it in the beginning. We really have a disdain for true crime. And we really are not going to talk about it too much. So... If you happen to have an issue with us leaving out information or constantly stopping to say, fuck these people, kiss my ass and go find another episode or find another podcast because we hate this guy and we hate this case. Yeah. And and it just... We don't hate you for for requesting it. But no, no, no. If you, want, if you want something more in depth, you should probably go. Yeah, yeah. We don't we don't hate anybody like any request. We're not mad at you guys. Any request whatsoever. Um, in fact, I didn't know too much about the case. It's just uh, going forward, especially after this, we've decided we're gonna really we're gonna keep to the lighter stuff because this yeah. is just too much. Okay. Um, and and with that, we have to get into the continuation of Marianne Nichols. Yeah. So due to the relatively small amount of blood at the scene, many, including the press, speculated that the murder may have been committed elsewhere. The coroner was quick to discount this theory when the inquest into her death was conducted and said that the killer was actually likely on top of Mary when she was murdered. <clears throat> Since the body was at the mortuary, an inspector by the name of Spratling noticed that... Oh, sorry, once, not since. Uh, an inspector by the name of Spratling noticed that she had sustained other injuries that I would rather not describe, but had not been noticed earlier. He admittedly called Llewellyn back to inspect these newly discovered wounds. However, before Llewellyn could get to the mortuary, two paupers who were described by the Jack the Ripper website as senile stripped Mary's body of her clothing and washed her off while placing the clothing in the yard with no concern for tidiness. So the website calls them senile. I don't think senile is an adequate enough word for what they just did. Like, the amount of times people in this case fuck something up because they're more concerned about decency than about actual like police fucking work. people or police work fucking drives me nuts. Yeah, anyway. it's it's something you see a lot with with uh, crimes and something I've noticed in serial killer cases especially a lot of times you're like, "Oh, so this could have been stopped if someone hadn't been a fucking moron." Yeah. And and, and you can say, "Well, oh, you know, they were just doing their job." No, they fucking there are that's a lot not of their times job. in this case where I will tell you this person's a fucking moron, and they, well, they were doing their job wrong. Well, the police were also doing their job wrong. Yeah. If you cannot stop two people from stripping a body of evidence... Just you wait. Oh, I know. Just you wait. By the way, if you thought we were done fucking shitting on the British, do you not know what this yeah. episode is? Yeah. You Jesus. Stupid. You know what we should do, lad? Let's go take all the... Oh, I can't do it. You gotta do it. Hey! Let's go <laughs> wash all this fucking body! It's getting blood everywhere! Fucking spray it, lads! 
Exactly. Fucking yep. assholes. Jesus. Anyway, sorry. How about so the police <laughs> took some criticism for this, but they were adamant that they ordered the body not be touched until Lulin could first inspect it. Okay, and and may, even if they did, stay with the body. Yeah. Like, it, it it's police work 101. You don't leave the fucking body. Wes? No, I know. Wait. I know. I know. I'm they, just saying. You don't I'm know. just saying. No, Wes. I'm just saying. You don't know. All right. Were they too busy getting another cuppa? <laughs> oh, I gotta get a right cuppa! Oh. Anyway, so oh, in early fuck. September, the police called in the big guns to oversee the investigation. As at the time, they believed that this murder was connected to the gangs in the area. <clears throat> they called in a man who had extensive knowledge of the area, Inspector Frederick George Aberline, who had spent 14 years as a detective in the area before a promotion the previous year. This guy is a fucking badass and is universally respected by the press at the time, even when other senior officials were heavily criticized. Okay, so he even, took this very seriously. Okay, so even we are like, this guy's fucking great. So I'm this on, is our hero of the I'm story? A, yeah, he's the closest thing this story has to. Well, there are a couple people who I would say are like, who do the right thing. Well, I'll point out when people do the right okay, thing. This yes. is going to be a long episode because we're rambling a lot. It's fine. The sad truth about it is that um, if Jake is pointing out somebody doing the right thing, they're it means doing everyone else is not. They're doing what's called the bare fucking minimum and no one else is. But yeah, I, I believe this guy's actually quite a badass. There are some and, people who I say go above and beyond. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you. Agreed. That. And if, if there is a, a hero of the story, this guy's one of them. Yeah. So meanwhile, the police were questioning the local prostitutes who told them about a character they called Leather Apron, who'd been extorting money from them for the past 12 months. The description of Leather Apron by the newspapers heavily emphasized his supposed Hebrew appearance, okay. which started a craze of anti-Semitic incidents in the area. Yep. So, I mean, when have we seen this before? Yeah. Some sort of, uh, somebody... Violent crime is committed and it's blamed on minority? No. Or, or when that, or when a minority is suspected of starting something out of nowhere, anybody who happens to be in that group yeah. is now a target for everything and it's free game. Like, yeah, it's horrible. And, and of course it's... The fucking Brits. Yeah, the Brits are the fucking kings of that. I mean, we're no saints either. We're Americans. Oh, no, we're, we're arguably worse. But the Brits back then were, whew, they're killing it. Anyway, so the police canvassed the area to see if anyone could identify the body. And after some investigative work, investigative work, the work, sorry. After some investigative work, the body was identified by those who knew Mary. On the 6th of September, 1988. 1888. 1888. Holy shit. <laughs> so, How'd that slip through? So 100 years Fuck. later. Yeah, sorry. Her body was briefly moved to an undertaker's house before it was finally laid to rest in the city of London Cemetery. However, that undertaker's house was on Hanbury Street. And just two days after Mary's body was there, just down the street on September 8th, 1888, the body of Jack the Ripper's second canonical victim was found in a backyard on Hanbury Street. So... Quick recap of uh, Marianne Nichols. It is, uh, it's pretty straightforward in my opinion. If we look at the key moments from this, um, Mary is out one night. Yep. Very <laughs> drunk. Uh, her friend uh, Emily sees her, and then they split, and uh, those two drivers find her. She's obviously alive. And it is very clear to pretty much everybody that Jack the Ripper is right nearby. Yeah. And then uh, they leave her because they're fucking pieces of shit like most people in this uh, episode. And then those officers come along. Um, There are, there are like, for example, uh, Officer Neil, when he got there, immediately took charge of the situation and started ordering people to do things like get a medic, uh, like Dr. Llewellyn. He ordered... uh, 
Mizen to go collect get, get reinforcements the, yeah, get and the get the ambulance. Yeah, because it's like, hey, we might need some fucking yeah. backup here. Yeah, and there there are officers who do the right thing here. Yeah, but there are a lot of officers who don't, and well, you'll see. We'll let you know. Like, yeah, it, it's kind of clear when We're people are doing the right lot, thing. Yeah. yeah, it's gonna be a long episode, but sorry, I'd rather get this done in two parts. Suck it. All right, well, okay. with that, let's get on to the Annie second yeah. canonical victim, Annie Chapman. Not much is known about Annie Chapman's early life, but what we do know goes as follows. <clears throat> a few years before her death, Annie Chapman left her husband, John Chapman, and their kids, which was followed by a downward spiral due to alcoholism. We know John sent Annie allowances until his death in 1886, after which point Annie supported herself selling crochet she made herself, as well as matches and flowers. This was supplemented by prostitution. By September 1888, she was occasionally living in a lodging house called Crossingham's, which was located at 35 Dorset Street, where she spent eight pence a night for a double bed. She was said to have a good relationship with the deputy keeper, Timothy, John, Timothy Donovan, sorry, as well as the other tenants, and the only bad thing they had to say about her was that she had a fondness for the drink. As for prostitution, she was said to have two main clients, Harry the Hawker and a man named Ted Stanley, who said he was a retired soldier and was known to the other tenants as the pensioner. The website doesn't say much about Harry, but we know a few things about Ted. One, he was no soldier and also not a pensioner, but in fact, a bricklayer's laborer who lived in Whitechapel. Timothy Donovan says that Ted would often be with Annie in, at Crossingham's from Saturday to Monday, and that he had once told him to turn away Annie if she ever came there with other men. Stanley denies this heavily and claims that he only visited once or twice. Stanley is only notice, notable in this story because he seems to be the cause of the only trouble Timothy Donovan can ever remember Annie having while at Crossingham's. At some point in the month before she died, Annie had gotten into a fight with another resident of Crossingham's by the name of Eliza Cooper. Different witnesses give different accounts of the argument, some of which revolve around Harry the Hawker instead, but we will focus on Eliza's account of the situation, which goes like this. Eliza loaned Annie a bar of soap to wash with. Annie then gave it to Ted Stanley. For the next few days, Annie repeatedly asked for it back with Annie brushing her off. At one point, Annie tossed Eliza a halfpenny and said, go and get a halfpenny of soap. Sorry, I should have let you read that. That's fine. That was a quote. I forgot. All right. A couple of days later, they met at a pub on Dorset Street, where Annie <coughs> reportedly slapped Eliza across the face and screamed, Think yourself lucky I don't do more. Eliza responded by punching Annie in the eye and then across the chest. It is said that Annie received the worst of the fight and that her bruises were still there during her autopsy. I should note, this is Eliza's account of what happened. We really have no way of knowing this if, if this is really how the argument went or even if this is what it was about. So it's a very real possibility that even after she died, she's like, yeah, I mean, I fucked her up. Yeah. She, she hit me once. I was like, brush that shit off. And then, Bam. <laughs> yeah. Emily could be lying. Emily, yeah, she could but be. But we do know she that. She the truth. She did have bruises, though. Yeah, we can we know that, that. We know that, like, it, from what we can tell, Emily probably won the fight, no matter what. We yeah. just don't know what it was about what besides what Emily said. What the fuck did she give soap to somebody that was... Why, why yeah. are you giving soap? I mean, soap was probably hard to come by back then. Eh. Yeah. I, I mean, it's easy to look at it now and be like, why would you give someone uh, soap? No, uh, like, when I think about it now, if he's actually a laborer and, you know, probably doesn't have a bunch of money... Yeah, she probably, she probably wanted to be clean. I get it. Yeah. So, when Annie met her friend Amelia Palmer on Dorset Street on September 3rd, she looked bruised, and Amelia asked her what happened, to which Annie responded by showing her the bruises. The next day, Amelia ran into Annie again near <laughs> Spitalfields Church and noticed how pale she looked. Annie said she didn't feel any better and that she might go to the casual ward for a few days. Amelia asked her if she had eaten anything that day, and she responded, Oh, yeah. 
No, I haven't had a cup of tea today. Really? What? Going for the accent, man? Cup of tea today? Did I? Eat a little bit. Okay. Amelia gave Wait, her two pence saying? for food and apparently told Annie not to spend it on alcohol. Then, on September 7th, she ran into Annie around 5 p.m. and Annie told her that she felt, quote, too ill to do anything. End quote. When Amelia passed her ten minutes later, she said, It's no use giving way. I must pull myself together and get some money or I shall have no lodgings. That was the last Amelia would ever see of Annie. Annie showed up at Crossingham's that night and was allowed to stay in the kitchen once she told him she had been in the infirmary. At around 1.45 a.m., the watchman at the lodging house was sent to collect her four pence, at which point she told them that she didn't have it. She was promptly kicked out, at which point she said, I shall not be here long before I... No, sorry, I oh, sorry, not. sorry. I shall not be long before I am in. I <laughs> shall soon be back. Don't let the bed. She was escorted off the premises, and the watchman noticed that she was a little tipsy, but not quite drunk. God damn it, fucking Google. You... At around 5.30 that morning, a woman by the name Elizabeth Long saw a man talking to a woman she would later insist was Annie Chapman near a residence on Hanbury Street. She saw nothing suspicious about the couple and continued walking. We're up finding the body. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm sorry, you said a lady saw... Okay, it was... Elizabeth, yeah, yeah, yeah Elizabeth yeah. Long saw a woman and a man. She claims the woman was Annie Chapman. She insists upon it, in fact. But she said she saw nothing suspicious about the couple and continued walking. Okay. Okay. It was a little before 6 a.m., and an elderly man named John Davis was walking downstairs in his residence on 29 Hanbury Street. As he had opened his back door, he spotted the body of Annie Chapman. Two workers were walking down Hanbury Street moments later when Davis came out of his house and said, Men, come here. They followed him to his backyard, where they saw the body lying between the steps and the wooden fence. Her hair was turned toward the house, and her clothes had been pulled above her waist. A handkerchief was tied around her neck, which some say was done by the killer to keep her head from rolling away. But this is actually not true. It was there before her murder, is what the coroner says. Her hands were positioned so as to imply that she had struggled with the killer over the wound in her throat. So, these three men, with the exception of one, did the best possible thing they could have done. They immediately ran off in three different directions to find the police, although one of them, James Kent, instead went to get alcohol to deal with the horror of what he had just seen. Fuck you, James Kent. Come on, dude. Really? Yeah. You can't do that after? Henry Holland, however, ran up to the Spitalfields Market and found a police constable on fixed point duty. Fuck this constable. He told the constable of what they had found, and this piece of shit told him that it was against protocol for him to leave his post. <laughs> this pissed Holland off so much that he filed an, an official complaint earlier, sorry, later, only for those assholes to tell him that the constable had been correct not to leave his post. Fucking British, dude. I, like, what do you want me to say? What, the fuck? Don't leave your post? No, man. Heaven forbid you leave your post. Someone might get murdered. <laughs> oh, Jake. Whoa. You're right. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Like, God. If someone be like, someone be like, Oi, there's some biscuits down the street. What are you going to Holy about? shit. Is there tea with biscuits? it? Biscuits? Is there fucking tea? Look at the... Two fucking sugars for me, please. Is a spider on the wall, by the way. I'll deal with that. Okay. Like what the fuck? Look at how fucking slow that bitch is crawling. He ain't going nowhere. No, he's moving. What you talking about? He's not moving. Look at him. Yeah, he is. Look at him. He'll still be here by the time we're done the episode. I'm guaranteeing. Anyway. Oh fuck, he stopped. So John Davis, meanwhile, went to the Commercial Street Police Station and immediately demanded to see a senior officer. 
Inspector Joseph Chandler was sent and immediately upon reaching 29 Hanbury Street, forced himself through the growing crowd of spectators and sent another officer back to the station to get reinforcements to keep the crowd in check. <clears throat> he then sent another officer to get Dr. George Baxter Phillips, the divisional police surgeon. He then covered the body with some sacking he got from a neighbor until Dr. Phillips could arrive. Phillips arrived around 6.30, and by then the crowd was several hundred strong. Jesus. Phillips took one look at the body and immediately declared that she was beyond medical help. <clears throat> no, wait a minute. Is it said whether or not she's alive at this point? Because it sounds like it's she's not, dead. Yeah, it's. I'm pretty sure she's dead. I, I've, Wes, I've, I've read her, about her injuries. If she was alive, she was she was not alive for long. Like, I, when like, he says she's beyond <clears throat> medical help, it probably means she's already dead. Yeah, no, I, I think... Between the time frame, I think even when she was found, she was dead. Probably, Just yes. because the way they said, like, the way she was laying, I think it was pretty clear she was, well, she was already dead. I'm not going to get it. I will not mention what injury she had. Dude, I told you he's fucking Dude, he's moving. Fucking... Okay, hold on. I told you he's moving. Oh, 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 Jake. Don't back up, bitch. You got to Oh, you're putting your feet near me now. It's fucking gross. I stepped on it. Ah. Uh, what's no, wrong you know, with Some you? people would pay for that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh. Jake. Wes? New idea for Patreon? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> that might be some of the best off the cuff work I've had in months. <laughs> Holy shit. Holy shit. Oh my god. <laughs> Our listeners out there right now. For free? For free? <laughs> no, for Patreon, dude. No, I mean right now. Oh, yeah, the spider got it for free, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> they've played that back four times right now. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not doing that, guys. That was a joke. Please, please don't ask me to step on you. For ten dollars a month on Patreon, Jake absolutely will. I'm, I'm debating whether I want to make a joke right now, but I'm worried people <laughs> will take it seriously. You know, what? I'm just gonna stop talking. So, um, his quote to the inquest included the following quote. Oh, um, <clears throat> the left arm was placed across the left breast. The legs were drawn up the feet resting on the ground, and the knees turned upward, uh, outwards. The face was swollen and turned on the right side. The tongue protruded between the front teeth, but not beyond the lips. The tongue was evidently much swollen. The front teeth were perfect as far as the first molar, top and bottom, and very fine teeth they were. Okay. I don't know why he included that. It's Those were some mighty fine teeth. Oh, well, sorry, mean, he's British. Those are some mighty fine teeth! <laughs> Wish I had teeth! <laughs> 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 now I understand. I forgot we're talking about the yeah, British. Yeah, the, the British. If it's uh, like she might have gone out of country to find a dentist. Yep. You know because they don't have those. Anyway, Definitely Kentucky. Sorry. Please continue. <clears throat> the body was terribly mutilated. The stiffness of the limbs was not marked, but was evidently commencing. He this means she was probably in the early stages. Yeah, of rigor mortis. Yeah. Uh. Uh, he noticed the throat was, uh, dis Jesus, was dissevered deeply, that the incisions through the skin were jagged and reached right round the neck. On the wooden paling between the yard in question and the next smears of blood, corresponding to where the head of the, de of the deceased lay, uh, were to be seen. These were about 14 inches from the ground and immediately above the part where the body, or where the blood from the neck lay. So there were a couple of injuries that I'd rather not get into that were not noticed at this time, but were only noticed later when Phillips had the body moved to the Whitechapel Workhouse Infirmary. The body was then moved again to the same mortuary that handled Mary Nichols' body. 
And despite Inspector Chandler's explicit orders, the body was yet again stripped and washed before a postmortem could be carried out. They took it to the same fucking place! Pardon me. I lost my cool there. They took it to the same place. They ordered Robert Mann, who was named as in the article as someone who was apparently responsible for the last one, and Chandler looked him dead in the fucking eyes and told him, do not wash that body until I get an inspector back here to do post-mortem. Or, sorry, a, a medic back here. Fuck that! Well, he Gotta left get a, a cuppa! He left another officer with him. Jesus But Christ. neither him or that officer were aware that they actually literally fucking did the exact same thing twice. All so, right. so, yeah. I just want to point out real quick, I had somebody mention it to me a while back, way, way back with the... Uh, the what's her face episode Agatha Christie episode Christy, yeah. that I might be a little harsh on the British go fuck yourself look at what is happening yeah. I'm not saying that wouldn't happen here but are you like you're taking it to the same place twice yeah. to the same person again you're saying don't do this again <laughs> and then and he he's like does it well, I gotta get a cuppa, so I might as well get it done. Well, I wanna be out there by 12. My wife's got a meat pie waiting for me at yeah, home. Yeah, got a fucking wife. Shut up. Probably did. Well, probably didn't. Stupid Brits. He, he spends all his days washing dead bodies. He doesn't have a fucking wife. How Creepy do we know ass motherfucker. That's what I, I'll be honest for a second. I was like, same infirmary. What if Jack the Ripper's... Same mortuary. Like, or mortuary. What if Jack the Ripper's involved in that fucking place? Anyway. So... <sighs> Not a whole lot of interest happened with her funeral, but her death led to a lot of newspaper articles pointing out the horrific living conditions for women in lodging houses at the time. Oh my god. The Daily Mail included this quote at one point. Dark Annie's spirit still walks Whitechapel, unavenged by justice. Dreadful end had compelled her, a hundred dreadful end. Oh well sorry. Her dreadful end had compelled a hundred thousand Londoners to reflect what it must be like to have no home at all, except the common kitchen of a low lodging house. To sit there, sick and weak and bruised and wretched, for lack of four pence with which to pay for the right of a doss, to be turned out after midnight to earn the rest, the, requis, the requisite, requisite, thank you, uh, pence, anywhere and anyhow, and in the course of earning it, to come across your murderer, and to caress your assassin. Although, although some of those words were a bit uh, dramatic. That is a, I'll be honest, that is a damn well-went... That's a damn, well-put point. Yeah, that is well-written, in my opinion. Especially back then, when I mean, people didn't give a fuck about women. To, to phrase it, to caress your assassin? How else do you describe that? I mean, think about it. Like, she was working as a prostitute. And, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something here that I, <clears throat> I think some, some people may not agree with. But I think sex work is work. And... Sex work, sex work should be legalized and therefore protected. regulated. Yes. It should be protected. Because the situation you had back then and the situation you have now is if a prostitute believes they are in danger and they tell the police the truth, they can end up arrested. No, no, no. It's not they can't. They will end up arrested. Let's be no, realistic yeah. here. So, uh, completely agree on that it's, end. It's ass backwards how society treats this shit. And, and, and I, it leads to people getting hurt and it's <clears throat> fucked up. I have to give a, a good shout out to uh, the da never thought I'd say that shout the out to the Mail. fucking Daily Mail for legitimately taking an actual like a lot of times when we if we ever talk about media and murder it's not good. it's not good uh, even reading like I mean 
I uh, don't... We talked about it in the Agatha Christie yeah. case where all they had to talk about was like tabloid shit. Yeah. And then the, the, the New York Times tried to be like all high and mighty. Like, yeah. well, why don't you check the Yorkshire spa? No. Like, yeah, fuck you. You didn't. But, but it, it's just like, I have an issue with, with media pertaining murder cases and cases revolving violent crime. Holy shit. Daily Mail did the right fucking thing. In 1888 I... with poor prostitutes... I never would have guessed yeah. in a million years they were like, yeah, we need to start protecting these women. Good on them. Holy fuck. I mean, on one hand, it's the least they can do, but on the other hand, like, isn't that the point of well, media? No, you're isn't right. Isn't the point of media to shine a light at the uncomfortable parts of society that we don't want to mention? Like, is that not their point? It is a to big... To try to, like, as like a call to action? Yeah. No, it's I, a big I point. I think, frankly, they, they did the right thing there. Agreed. And, and that's... I know that seems like the bare minimum, but sometimes the bare minimum or doing the bare minimum, is one hell of a fucking step. Good on you, Daily Mail. Holy shit. I can't believe that. So, this is the last <laughs> thing I have written for the notes, because there was only so much I could get written uh, in, in the amount of time this is a good. Had. This is a good place. Yeah, it's a good place to stop. So, shortly after Annie's death, the police arrested a man they believed to be Leather Apron, a man named John Pizer. Pizer quickly supplied the police with watertight alibis that essentially cleared him for all of the murders. So he was released, and the police moved on to other suspects. So that is that everything we've got from Annie's death? That, that's everything we get that's from her? That's pretty from much Chapman. everything we're going to get from her death. There... <clears throat> I'm trying to debate what I want to say here. There are a couple things that are going to come up later, but in order to get to those, we have to get into the letters. Yeah, yeah. And we'll, we'll get into... Uh... Get into. We're gonna we're gonna get into suspects pretty heavily in the next one, and we're actually gonna start focusing a lot on uh, on our likelihood. Cause as of now, our one suspect so far is John Law, who we yeah. both put down as a seven. Yeah. Um. We can we can talk about John Pizer. I think we should. We should. Hey, it so wouldn't hurt. What, how, hey, let's we'll... evaluate John Pizer as a as a. Sorry, as a uh, potential potential suspect. Suspect. So Do, should we should we pull something up about him? Do you want to pull him? Uh, he is a yeah. He's got. He... Does he have a thing on on the website? Here, do you want to do it on the phone or do you want to? I'll do it on the phone. Because yeah, I was going to say this makes little noises when we hit noises. it. You're right. You're right. Um, but I, I think it would probably be a bit pertinent to look at John Pizer. Not saying he is a suspect no, or, or but, that he's a viable but suspect, it's, but it's, I think. It's worth just worth looking at. At least back then, the police believed that the this leather apron was of value in some way, and so I think it, it's a good idea to take a look at him. So, you got him. Yep. Leather apron. Yeah. <clears throat> so, oh well, it should be mentioned before before what happens in the next episode in. I'm going to give you a brief spoiler. In the next episode, someone pens a letter to the press and calls themselves Jack the Ripper. And that's where the name Jack the Ripper came from. Mm -hmm. But before that, Jack the Ripper was actually commonly referred to in the media as Leather Apron. So yeah. while Leather Apron in this website may not specifically refer to John Pizer. Again, but it's important to note that um, because when when people talk, if you hear Leather Apron, it's either John Pizer or it is the name that they were using um, and so I think that's also a really good teaser for part two. Um, in part two, we will read a letter that is signed by quote, Jack the Ripper. Um, and with that, I just, I don't know if there's much more to say. I, I mean, 
it says right here, Pizer had some watertight alibis. Um, I think... I just think of all the alibis we're going to hear from. I think his is pretty tight. Um, so at least with part one. So I don't think it's John Pizer, but there are like a couple of people who. Yeah. Like there's one here that a lady will say is, is leather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll get into that. We'll get into that because we'll actually talk about um, the the difference between or, or quote unquote leather apron. All, you know, AKA Jack the Ripper, not leather apron as in this guy, John, John, uh, John Pizer. Um, but yeah, so with that, we have taken a look now at the first two potential victims and then the first two of the quote canonical five. Yeah. And I don't, I don't believe, um, I don't believe the, the first, first one. one. Yeah. I don't believe the first one's that, That's obviously gang. Um, it's very clearly gang related although, uh, because there were gangs that would prey on prostitutes <laughs> at this time because police were doing nothing to protect them. Oh, and, and although, uh, it has similar, uh, details, like, uh, regarding injuries, it seems pretty clear that's not the Ripper. I do really, really want to see if John Law shows up again at any time. Don't tell me if he does or not, if we have gotten there or not. Um, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh... I'm reading I'm yeah. reading about Leather Apron, and it says his name might have been Jack Pizer. Oh, Jack Pizer. Either way, Pizer. That's all, uh, um, the last name I is saw Pizer. this John Pizer on the same website. Although John and Jack are kind of two versions of the same name, like... Jake came from Jack, which came from John. Anyway. Which came from... Jonathan. Well, yes, but I, I, know, I think it was I'm like a Jewish name that it came from. Oh, well. Like from the Bible. I think it's a biblical translation. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that is where we're going to leave it with Jack the Ripper. So For now. Yeah, no, until part two. In part... Yeah. Can, can I get that? Yeah. Sorry. In part two, we're going to talk about not just the letter, but letters... We're going to talk about the rest of the Canonical Five and hopefully highlight a few more that seem to be Jack the Ripper. But most importantly, we're going to start talking about um, suspects. And I'll be honest, we might hit a part three we might, yeah. to do suspects. Just this depending. wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Not, yeah, I, I, uh, I read from the website, and reading from the website, as we said earlier, it is... It is depressing as well. As, as somebody who does not find any sense of entertainment in this... I don't, I'm not entertained by it. I like, I, And it's not that I don't... Ha like, I find entertainment in true crime, I guess, but it, it, it's it's a different aspect. Like, I'm not like... I don't sit there and enjoy it, but yeah. I do read stuff about it or hear stuff about it. But regarding cases that are just obscenely brutal... Yeah. With, spoiler alert, no happy ending... Um, I don't find entertainment in that, especially when it seems like they're really glorifying it, and that is one hundred percent what that website does. Yeah, the website. Look, I don't want to. I don't want to like defame them or anything. I'm but not, in my humble opinion, they really seem to almost enjoy it. And agreed, I don't, agreed, I'm not completely here for that. agreed. I, uh, you know, I I appreciated the amount of detail there because it lets us, you know, use what we find important and mention what we think is important. Um, and what we don't think is important, but at the same time, the way it reads is just agreed. It it reads like someone who's sitting there thoroughly enjoying what they're writing. Which, if that's you, you know, fine, so be it. That's your thing. But I just, I personally can't read that. So, so the what reading from your outline was way better than I expected. This felt way more yeah. like like Ray Rivera because when I watched the that documentary and I read those articles. 
that was hard to read and really hard to watch. But going from my notes without those fucking visuals and without someone else's, again, kind of like they're enjoying it, writing it, it felt a little more like clean slate. So I feel comfortable going to part three. And I think it's probably the best thing to do. Um, Because I don't want to... The longer episodes get, the harder it is for for people to sit down and listen to them. Like if you, if you can't carve out an hour and forty minutes for a full episode, I think it's more palatable as like two hour fifteen episodes. I like an hour hour to an hour thirty. I think that's our good time yeah, frame. I, I enjoy those. I, I enjoy when I listen to them. I really enjoy the ones that push like to an hour thirty because I listen to it at work and it keeps me busy and I enjoy listening to it while I work. Um, but agreed, I don't think we need to be pushing two hours. So rather than that. Uh, we decided now we're going to go to a part three and we're going to try and push through most of, if not all the victims in part two. And I think it's probably best we leave a lot of the suspect matter to part three. Agreed. Agreed. We'll so, get into the suspects in part three, but I'm going to try to like the website kind of segments it. I, oh, I so, know. Was my echoing you? No, I don't hear you. I can't. Okay. I can only hear myself. Remember? Okay. Sorry. I just. It sounds like I'm echoing now. Anyway, Do you so, want me to listen through your headphones? Yeah, I can't hear some, that. Right. Do, I, do I sound like I'm echoing you? Do, I, do you hear you that? definitely are. I do. But I wasn't doing that earlier. All right, hold on. So, I hear me, but without the echo. Go. Okay, now, do you hear me without the echo? Say it again. Do you hear me without the echo? Yeah. Okay, that's weird. So I think this mic doesn't. Yeah, this mic doesn't work. I think it's just like hearing. Maybe it's yourself. maybe it's, uh, maybe I need to turn this volume. Yours has a delay. Mine doesn't. So yeah, mine think, mine has a delay. I think that's the issue. Anyway. anyway. Um, yeah. Uh, fuck what we were saying. So yeah, um, we're gonna try and segment it our way and set this up yeah. our way because I just I think I really liked how you did it. Um, and we'll, we won't sidetrack as much in part two. Yeah. We had a lot of sidetracking here because neither of us knew how this was going to go. Yeah. And we were really worried about it. But after sitting through it, I thoroughly, uh, I think you did very well. And I, uh, I actually look forward to parts two and three because I hope that we can bring our own conclusion to this. Even if yeah. it's not a happy or good one or a no. full conclusion. I think it's best that we finish this off our way. Yeah, I would like to. I would like to leave this first episode with a quote from the current memorial for Mary Nichols. It's it's in yeah, the yeah. Uh, church that she married William Nichols in. Yes, it's on the front. And uh, front it's on the side. plaque, mm-hmm. and it says, "Remember her for her life, not how it ended." These were people, and they lived full lives. Yeah, it it is something. Um, I I we're gonna spend two seconds talking about this because it's we're getting back in the depression uh, yeah. depressing side of it. I'm, I'm actively crying right now not really yeah i know but i was kind of confused I was like, are you fucking crying i can't see it um no. it's just but like, i almost cried earlier one of the well that's the reason we have sidetracked so much in this episode it's way more than usual from fully diving into depression well it, it's because we didn't know how this was gonna go yeah jake has made this actively far more depressing than it had to be um i'm, I'm kidding yeah, I was about to say, I fucking lightened this shit no, up. No, I know. I, that's, I know. As someone who's read the, the website. So, part two will be a lot lot more condensed with actual subject matter. Um, yeah. I just wanted, now that we've kind of ended our part, I wanted you to kind of understand, we were fully prepared to scrap this episode yeah. halfway through it. We, what, like, Wes and I sat down, and we're like, if, if like, 15... 
or even an hour in, if we feel like this is just a depressing episode that no one's going to like, we're just not going to release it. I mean, I, I think my quote was, I don't care if they were looking forward to it. If I feel, if I don't feel right doing this episode, we're not doing it. And yeah, that, Wes is a bit of a sassy bitch when it comes to this our is, episodes. Well, he has no, a lot of demands, and I do a lot of the work. Yeah, uh, well, in fairness, I bring the talent, so... Whoa! Yeah. You literally said in episode, like, three that I'm the talented one. I don't remember that. Play it back. Nope. Play it back. There's no find, no more archives. I will find the clip. Doesn't matter. New clip. I'm talented. Um, so, yeah. Uh, you bitch. Part one was... Uh, a ramble fest. Apologies yeah, for that. Part that. two is going to be uh, actual. a lot more focused. It, it's going to be focused. We're not going to sidetrack as much. We're not going to take a bunch of time to give our own opinions. We're yeah. going to save our opinions and and thoughts and shit until part like way in the end of part three. I, I think when I, we actually I, talk about. I think what what happened is that like there is so much information on the website. I got very like. I don't want to say. Um, overwhelmed overwhelmed yeah, yeah. I, I got a little overwhelmed it is. and it took me a while to write this up like i had to sit down and write most of it like today it's hard because when you look at the website there is like it is there's it's, eight different tabs each one of them has a drop down with four different tabs it's like when you All look at it's its own article i looked at marianne nichols that's it i started on marianne nichols and when you read it it is like this is every single movement she made in her entire life yeah and I'm not saying that's. I'm not saying that's bad, but at the same time, when you're trying to write something from it, it is, it, it is, is. It's hard to write from. It's a migraine to try and do. So and I had I had I went into this with a mindset of like you were telling me like I don't want to do three, so I had to try to get it down to two. Well, yeah, I, I uh, man, I still don't want to do three, but seeing I as, think once we get to the suspects, it'll be less depressing. Yeah, well, seeing as how this played out, I liked it more. Um, and and again, to say it one more time. We are absolutely going to put more content into next episode. This episode didn't feel too much like no. a uh, half talentless episode, but we I got. It felt like a half talentless episode. It felt pretty good, but for the most part, this was a sad, depressing it's, it's, episode. Yeah, its subject matter has gotten considerably dark. But if you if you have a complaint about that, first go to twitter.com backslash half. Capital H, talentless, capital T. You, could, you can do that one next time. I'll leave it up to you. And, and just to let us know, like, hey, you didn't feel this episode. Don't give us any one-star ratings. You're a fucking bitch if you do that. Whoa, Secondly, whoa, whoa. You, no, just, shut up. Please don't. Secondly, um, you guys asked for this. Yeah. We're giving it to you. I could have covered more, but we wanted to get this episode out on time. So Yeah. So with that, we have given you an hour and 30 minutes of... Probably our least entertaining episode to date. Probably, yeah. I mean, there was the high point at which I offered to step on some of our listeners. Uh, Jake, but, honestly, to save this episode, you got to put that out there. Oh, no. $30 and Jake will drive to your house and step no, on No, no, please no. Yep. Please, please mm -hmm. no. You live in England, Jake will go there. I'll drive there. <laughs> Jake, you got you to gotta go out. You gotta, you, Jesus, you have to go out there, but like full American. Like, woohoo! Yeah! Hello there, Inky Land! <laughs> I'm here to step on you! <laughs> you hear about Joe Biden's black aura? <laughs> it's supposed to be yellow or blue! Dude, I... Oh my God. Like, alright, it, it's $30. I came straight from Texas! <laughs> like, what the fuck is a pound? I, 
a pound? I'll tell you what, there's about to be 168 pounds on your fucking neck, son. Unless, of course, you want to be stepped on elsewhere. <laughs> I knew where you were going with that. Oh, I just accidentally put out my full weight. That's embarrassing. Is that your actual weight? It's close. You and I are not far off. Um, well, I mean, we're... Well, that got off the rails. <laughs> yeah, this whole episode did. It was supposed to be done like 15 minutes ago. Yeah. It. Also, if you're wondering, are you guys sounding more fucking, like... Exhausted as the episode goes are, on? Like, are you guys sounding more insane than usual? It's five in the morning. Get off our this asses. This is actually when we usually record, so I don't know why we're sounding more insane than usual. A lot of foot stuff in this episode. I'm a real Bob Odenkirk with I, I... Don't do my man's like that. Stop he, it. He publicly follows a feed account. Good on, on him, account. all right? Let him love what he loves. That's so good. I have Saul Goodman. Goodman. You have pictures of Kim Wexler's feet? Send them to Saul. God, I can't. Send them to the law offices of Saul. I, I can't. I don't know enough about that show to make that show fun. I gotta start watching that show. I hate tears really good. Yeah. I, uh, I've heard about the most recent episode titled Breaking Bad, which yeah. apparently was fucking great. Actually, I think the most recent one's called Waterworks. I think they have one after Breaking Bad. Oh, anyway. It's been a week since Breaking Bad came out. So, thank you all so much for listening. Yeah, thanks for being with us. If you're still listening, why? Please, hit us up. Jake? Yeah, let us... Uh, oh, sorry. Twitter.com slash half capital H, talentless capital T. Yes! Yeah! Just uh, let us know why the fuck you'd still be listening. Why you listen in the first whoa, place. Whoa, what? I don't know. This episode could be pretty entertaining. Who knows? Who knows? So if you are a long-time listener, thank you very much for listening. Yeah. If you're a first-time... If first you're a new time, listener, yeah, maybe listen to some of our other stuff as I well. I was literally just about yeah. to say, if you're a new listener, go listen to Goatman, then Black Eyed Kids, then come back. I promise if we're entertaining. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's still an ongoing vote, although I think I must concede everyone I've talked to likes... Likes uh, Black Eyed Kids better. Fuck it, despite you putting it, bitch. infinitely less effort in. Do you know how many fucking websites I looked at for Goatman? Jake, I cross-referenced every. Jake, uh, feel free to go to the internet right now and find a non-Reddit post about the Black Eyed Kids. Feel free, please. You make a good point, but you could have at least vetted them first. What do you mean vetted them first? Half of them were just bullshit. It, it, I don't think I believed a single one of the Reddit stories. Okay, first off, wrong. Second, it takes the fun out of it. What are you talking about? It was so much more fun if I had no fucking clue which episode you what preferred. was happening. Twitter.com slash half capital H talentless capital T. Bless you missed. You missed. I wasn't looking. There are two... Then uh, how did I miss? Because you were looking. <laughs> there are two people in a high five. You can't say one person fucking Watch missed. Jesus. Anyway, we got so off topic. We're so oh, loopy. Shit. <laughs> we're going to have to cut like the last 10 minutes. Absolutely Hold on, not. Let's, let's pause. All right, well, that's it for the Halftownless Podcast. Um, Thank you yep. all so much for listening. We Go appreciate... to our Twitter. Give us new ideas. Twitter.com. Slash half capital H, talentless capital T. It's the best way to get a hold of us if you have something you want to say. Unless, of course, you know us personally, in which case I guess there are better ways. Go ahead and tell us personally. But seriously, we would, we would love to see some more engagement on the Twitter. I've seen a few. Like, yeah. like that um, we have one one coworker who's who's really dutiful and comments. And actually commented. Yeah, I know. I know. Like, hey, I even... that guy. I uh, want to like, say his name so bad, but we haven't gotten his permission Oh, yet. like, oh. even if you're... Oh, what a Mary. Even if you know... <laughs> Sorry. 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 Even if you Sorry. know us in person, 
Um, or if you don't, we would love to get some... Uh, some more activity on the Twitter, frankly. Just well, so we a can... lot of our important conversations are actually going to happen on Twitter yeah. because we can reach more people. So Yeah, that's that's the most reliable way we have yeah. to reaching some of the people we don't know personally, and we don't want anyone to not feel included. Exactly. So... Um, and, and we want everybody to be a part of these conversations, hence why we like using Twitter. Yeah. So, with that being said, um, if you want to see more content regarding video games, uh, Patreon, yeah, yeah, whatever it may be. On, on how we might be able to get some more content out to you guys without neglecting the podcast. Let us know, man. And if you don't want to see any more content from us, just uh, the podcast, say nothing, yeah, I guess. That's, that's just give us a five-star rating then. Yeah, like, I mean, give us some money. I don't tell know. Tell all your friends. Well, don't give us some money. Why not? We don't have any way of them giving us money. What if... What I if, have a Venmo. You're going to get out your personal <laughs> fucking... Dude. Talk uh, about... Way so to my, get, my Venmo is, talk, is... No. Wes is going on about how easy it is to get murdered while he's giving out his fucking <laughs> Venmo to strangers. Jesus. Um, but yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys. Thank you all so much for uh, for listening. And we cannot yeah, wait... Sorry we rambled. Yeah, we cannot wait to bring you a far more detailed and thorough episode in part two. So until then, I'm Wes. I'm Jake. This has been the Half Talentless Podcast.